What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday as we are recording this, and it is time for another Hold That Podcast, Podcast SEC Champion Edition. Uh, I am T-Bob Bear. He is Brody Miller. Uh, we just finished off some excellent Watchmen talk off air. Uh, if you're not watching Watchmen, you probably should. It is fantastic. Brody, what's up, man? Not too much. Life is good. Regular season's over. SEC Championship's over. Get a nice little nice little break, little break, but more time for us to talk. Yeah, and then the Heisman's this weekend, so I'll be in New York, and I'm just trying to get my life together before that. Yeah, I wish I could go to New York. I was supposed to go, but my buddy's getting married in Columbus, Georgia, so I'm going to Columbus, Georgia, and then I'm going to Georgia the next weekend say, for my wife's family, and then I'm going to Georgia the next weekend for the bowl game, so or the I, playoff game. Here so. I was complaining that I like this. I was gonna have to like go to Georgia too much this month. Yeah, I'm spending literally four weeks, right? Every weekend during Christmas in Georgia. Yeah, it's shit. But whatever. It's all good. I'm not complaining because LSU's SC champs and they're 13 and 0. And life is good. And Watchmen is awesome. And, life and is very good. so is everything else. Uh so obviously today we are going to break down the game. Um, look forward to the playoffs. Uh, we'll touch on the Heisman stuff. All SEC teams came out. Have you got some thoughts on that, Brody? Ooh, yeah. And um, and as we begin here, remember, buy all of your Christmas meats at A Bear Specialty Meats, uh, the one specifically off Jefferson Highway or in Prairieville, and subscribe to the Athletic. All right, let's get into it, Brody. Um, SEC champs, man. You were in Atlanta. We both were. Uh, that Mercedes Benz press box, pretty damn nice. Very nice. The ergonomic. I'm always anti corner view. I hate that. Like yeah. Auburn does that too. But overall, very nice press box. And the, no one uh, likes hearing reporters complain anyway. The chairs were unbelievable, dude. I kind of glossed over it, but they were nice. Yeah. What about though? No hot dogs. <laughs> that's that's what stands out. I'm to just you. I'm just saying, dude. It, like they had the great cookie selection Fantastic. and the soft serve machine that everybody seemed to be obsessed. Yeah, I was with. gonna say I'm choosing those pros over that one con. I mean, but like sweets are one thing, but oh, where's boy, my one meats? A hot dog. Yeah, I needed a little meats into my sweets. I ended up just eating like seven chocolate chip cookies. Well, did you have the dinner beforehand? No, uh, but that's, that's yeah, a key they, factor. So they didn't have the food out there just uh, not, not, constantly, right? It it's like you had to show up at mealtime. And we're going way too deep into this, but yeah, because at one point I felt so bad. Shay Dixon was starving, and he goes to the press box. And he's like, "I need to eat," and they're cleaning up. And he's like, "Can I eat?" And they're like, "Well, we're we're just like reshuffling, like you know, we're just like cycling out." So we thought there was going to be more food in like twenty minutes. Never came. Exactly. So that's all I'm saying. Is Mercedes Benz Stadium very nice on all fronts? I actually liked that it. it was closed off. It was very quiet, very kind of chill atmosphere. Um, but yeah, maybe just keep some hot dogs. Just keep some hot dogs out there. It would have been all good. You had the popcorn, you had the cookies, you just needed some meats. All right. Now, uh, where do you want to start as far as the game's concerned? In uh, aspects of the game? Well, I think. Do we want to start with the game? Do you want to start with posing? I mean, you, you, had, you had some interesting articles about now they've won the SEC championship. Okay, let's start, let's start breaking down the game. Let's what, do it. What, what stood out to you? Well, I don't think there's too much to break down on the defensive side just because I just think it was a mix of Georgia having a really flawed offense from just having a weirdly like he's I think he's a solid quarterback. He played even worse than normal. So it's just like it was just a weird thing. I don't think there's too much to really say there. Like give credit to people, but whatever. Sometimes um when you sit here and you analyze and you try to predict what happened, sometimes exactly what you think is going to happen 
happens, and that's that's what this game felt like to me. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we, we really nailed it on the head, didn't we? I mean, like for I, we once, don't pat ourselves on the back often, but no. But I mean, this one was like dead to rights. Nailed it. Uh, George's offense was a great matchup for LSU's defense. You saw that play out. Well, lo and behold, Brody, how'd they stop the run despite giving up 400 yards against Ole Miss? Unbelievable, right? No, it's because it was a good, stylistic It's Just don't be matchup. binary, people. Just don't be binary yeah. when you look yeah. at things. Don't yeah. just see like a yardage stat and think that means something. Like Shades of gray. Shades of gray. <laughs> like we talked about. No, so so this one, it, I mean, it, it just played out exactly according to plan. Despite Georgia's defense being very good, and they still are very good. Like, ironically, the 37 points... And holding Burrow to just 71 completion percentage, like, that happens because Georgia is a very good defense. Yeah. Like, like that's what's odd about how good this LSU offense is, is that's a bit under the numbers that they've been used to putting up this season. And they did a very good job of stopping LSU's rushing attack as well. I mean, a lot of that yardage came from a couple of Burrow's uh, big, big scrambles. So... Georgia's defense was really good, but as we said, it wasn't going to be any match. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the Georgia defense did not play a bad game in the slightest. Yeah, which is funny. I really don't see much in that game that like I'm like, oh, yeah, they, they messed that up. I really don't. Uh, I mean, I know uh, Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning told uh, our Seth Emerson at the Athletic in the post game, like, you know, he's like, I think they played a better football game, but I think we could go out there and, you know, and like if we played this game again, I would love to give them a better shot. Like, I think we could. And like, yeah, good for him. That's a great defense. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. You're not going to be like, yeah, man. No, we're just I mean, not good. I get, I get on the offense feeling like you left some shit on the field because like the two drops early on were killer in that first drive. You had a perfect play call of your George's offense off the bat, bomb up the middle where yeah, that, you yeah. made you made they should have been in that game early. The tight end post, like like yes, LSU would have one out in the end. I think that was clear, but George's offense left a lot. I mean. Uh, from missing the third and ten throw on, I think the second drive, which was also to me very clearly highlighted a basic truth that we highlighted, which is sometimes in football, if all else is equal, just who has the most badass quarterback. And then after <laughs> yeah. a quarterback, you're after a quarter of play, you're sitting there, and Fromm's like two and nine or something, and uh, Joe Burrow's like ten of eleven for one thirty and two scores. It just it's it's hard to overcome. Yeah, I try to like live my life on the idea that that's not how it works, but I think it might just be how it works. Sometimes. Unfortunately, because <laughs> because football's odd. Like I don't know that there's another team sport, and and I'm taking basketball out of this because there that's more of a strong link sport where like yeah. you know one player represents so much more. But but in a, but in a but in a, a game where there's 11 people on the field, I don't know there's another team sport where one position is just weighted so heavily towards how the game will go. When yeah, there's no other the, position where one another game where one position is weighted that heavily, but basketball, I mean, well, that's what, Well, that's what, yeah. and that's why I'm saying, like, bigger, like, weakling. Think, like, soccer, yes. baseball, stuff like that. Maybe you get into pitching there. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. But, but you have options there. You never go to your backup quarterback if your quarterback's playing bad, right? Like, no. you're sticking with that guy. Like, they weren't about to put in uh, Stetson, who came in for a little bit for Stetson Georgia. Bennett. Yeah, Stetson Bennett, which is the whitest name ever. Well, Luke Luke Johnson had the best one. It was like, I can't believe he's not an Ole Miss baseball player. Yeah, which I is mean, the most dead on thing. How about how about the fact uh, Jeff Schultz of the Athletic had a tweet, and he's been a long time AJC writer. Actually, was in Boy Scouts with his son when we were little league. Coached my uh, humble little brag, league, little league t-ball team. All right, man. Uh, but Jeff tweeted something that I thought really put it into perspective for Georgia fans. It's like so Fromm goes down, Bennett has to get a series, and it's like man. 
you recruited Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, and yeah. Justin Fields in in, in subsequent in, in succession. Like you would have thought that you would be okay if your starting quarterback went down. That really will go down as one of the the all time because it also kind of funny. It makes you give more credit to how amazing what Ohio State pulled off in that like fifteen sixteen era of like having Cardell Jones, JT Barrett. Joe Burrow's like your fourth Braxton, Braxton Miller's still there. All like, four main making Sports them, Illustrated covers. Keeping them all happy for so long is actually just like, wow, how'd you pull that off? But yeah. anyway, yeah, I think what what's what needs to be taken away here is just what LSU's offense did against Georgia's defense. That's what this all we kind of got we ran all over the place. But this is a lot of people really do believe this might be the best defense in college football. I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet, but it's one of the four best. You talking about Georgia? Yes, Georgia. Yeah. And they didn't have, like, you know, I feel like every game this season, this season, there's that one thing you point to, and it's like, that's how they did it. You know, the Auburn game, you know, they pounded it to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Kind of the Florida game, same thing. They ran the ball more. Or Alabama game, those receivers just dominated, and they got those checkdowns. This They just kind of, in general, just ran their offense. Yeah. I don't know. They couldn't really run the ball, so maybe that's a flawed statement. But there wasn't, like, they had time in the pocket. Receivers beat their defensive backs. I would say I would say maybe more so than those other games. Like the Alabama game, it was absolutely Burrow putting the team on his shoulders, but it was a lot of Clyde putting oh, the I think Clyde shoulders. played the better game there. I would this, say that. Yeah. This was to me Burrow putting the team on his shoulders, maybe more so than any other game. And, and I and I understand you that yes, they, they just ran their offense and kind of trusted the system to work, but that throw when and, and by the way, I love the fact if you want an idea of how threatening the LSU offense is that you have a defense in Georgia's who is top four in the nation, like you said, and they don't even feel confident enough to run their system. Like they feel like they have to go yeah, so outside that the of themselves line, yep. that they try to copy what Auburn had a little bit of success with. And obviously, they don't have Derek Brown. They don't have the personnel to they do really it. They have really good D line. It's probably the second best D line in football. But they're not a good pass rushing D line. They're like very solid, but but they're like sack numbers and havoc numbers. Weren't that out of control? I don't believe. Yeah, Seth Emerson always says that he always because I don't watch them as closely as he does. He's like they have a really good pass rush, which makes me wonder like. Then but was in, but, well, it's but weird let's go back to LSU. LSU doesn't have good sack numbers. Their sack rate's pretty average, but we we believe they have a good pass rush. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know if I would say I would say that. Okay, they're, I, I would they say they're good. You know, they are good, but but what is good? Right, upper right. half of the SEC. Like that's that's the bar that I'm putting on good. But but Georgia's stats are even below. LSU's in that regard. Yeah. Regardless, they don't have Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson no, and Big Cat Bryant who can pressure you with just three. And so they tried to run that, which is the ultimate sign that LSU puts you into such a mental game planning pickle that that you're you're supposed to be this badass defense and like you're being dictated to to the point where you're doing something you never do and you don't really have the personnel to do. But why I say that to me it felt like Burrow just putting the team on his shoulders more than any other time. Look at that first touchdown to Chase. They drop eight, they rush three. The offensive line, great job. Sadiq Charles, great job. And yep. Burrow gave him credit after the play. They held it for nine seconds. Like, yep. don't get that twisted. But look at the sky cam angle and what Burrow was looking at when he throws that touchdown to Chase. It is a sea of red. Yeah. And, yes, it's hard to maintain coverage, but it's not like Chase was wide open. Burrow anticipated it a mile away. He threw it to a spot uh, that on, on a kind of scramble-esque play where Chase is improvising a mile away, and it's still he threw it into about a you know a, a one to two foot window. And, and and it was that play 
a couple of times where he had free runners come through and he dodges them and makes yeah. it into positive plays. The bad, even the lucky, the batted ball batted back into him that he then turns into like a 15 yard gain. Like it just seemed like everything, even on a season where he has been gold, everything Joe Burrow touched Saturday was it was just fantastic. Yeah, I would like to very much rescind my they just ran their offense game because the more I really think, I think I was just kind of talking on my ass there because I think the more I think about it, yes, it's everything you're saying about Burrow and also the receivers just had kind of a like keep, keep like think of that Terrace Marshall catch the 41 yarder down the left side that wasn't even a great Burrow throw no discredit to him but like no he threw a yeah. couple bad yeah balls, yeah and actually. yeah it was it was Joe Burrow's least sharp game and I still agree with you he was unreal but yeah I mean it was his least sharp game passing but that Terrace Marshall catch where he had to come back and make that great catch off yep. his chest that Chase catch which wasn't a bad Burrow throw but just tight spot Chase made that absurd catch and like double coverage I think the receiver I guess what I more meant was yeah this Burrow and the receivers just kind of won this game by just flat out being the, the them, that's probably what and, I was and, more and getting at. It seems like it seems like they Georgia they 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 wanted to take Clyde out of it as much as they could, and they did a very good so, job of shutting down the strategy, running attack. Yeah. No, and and they it seems like they focused on Jamar Chase um, to to a certain extent, which opened things up for Jefferson and 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 for Marshall. Um, but yeah, but so that that kind of is the greatness of Joe Burrow, though. Is that you can have a a statement and that can be true where you could say this was a game where he put the team on his back and he made all these plays, but like his deep balls weren't actually as accurate as yeah. a lot of them have been all season. Hundred percent. But he still trusts his guys to go make those plays because yeah, on 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 some of those like Chase would have a couple steps and he had to slow down a couple times. Marshall had a couple steps. Now Marshall also dropped the seventy one yard <laughs> bomb. But that's the that's true. the thing about this LSU offense is like. After that 71-yard bomb, I saw a lot of LSU fans get like very like nervous or something. They were like, oh, man, you know, that was a, a kill shot dropped. And, and yeah, it was For like 15 a, years, that would be what we're – the past 15 years, that's what we'd be talking about. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Like, like and, DJ and, Chark drop against, you know, like Mississippi State that one time or something like that. You know? And and it would have been a – it would have been a second round, like a second round KO almost. But my deal was up to that point, there was – yeah, even with the drop – there was nothing to say that LSU wasn't clearly the better team and wasn't just going to continue to separate as the game went on. They were in control all game, which is actually, I think, I actually, I don't want to, we're not going to, we can get into this in a second. I actually want to get on this in a second, but when you get into the whole 1-2 debate, and I actually 100% see both sides, and I think actually anyone who argues that either side is getting like injustice, that's where you lose me in an argument. I think if you don't realize how even this is, then like you just aren't watching both teams. Whatever, Brody. Why don't you go listen to FPI some more? Okay. <laughs> anyway, why don't sorry. you go look at some S and P plus? Wasn't some meant more. to be. The, but when I, when everyone talks about like you know Ohio State's domination and why that's their case and all these things, I always say look at this entire season. LSU has not has not has been in control of every single game all season. Yeah, and they have not trailed since the ten minute mark of the third quarter of the Florida game. So pretty much even that they were in control by the eight minute mark. I mean they were even the Texas game. Wait. They, is that true? They were they were down twenty one fourteen. No, no, but they have not trailed on the year since. At least not trailed in the second half. There might be like I think Alabama might have been up like a field goal at one point. No, early. Alabama fumbled on the opening drive. Yeah, then... there, I just think there might have been some like real quick scores in some of these games that like you know like you're down three nothing in some of them. I'd have yeah. to go back and check, but huh. I know for sure in the second half, 
And even the Texas game, they were in control. It was a shootout the whole way, but they were always in control. Alabama, they were always in control. That's what I always say about the LSU team is when you look at how tough the schedule is, and they have their sloppy points and whatnot. But in some of the toughest games in the season, they have never been like in any kind of behind situation. Yeah, and and that was the case on Saturday. One thing I do hate though about the playoff is I do hate what it incentivizes because. Even when you're up 34 to 3 going in the fourth, you should be able to maybe chill and take yes. your guys out. And that three should quarters not, should be what's judged. Yes. You should not feel like you have to keep them in and avoid garbage time touchdowns and then people being like, oh, well, they gave well, up 20 to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it ended up 30. Like, let's say this game ended up 34 17. Is LSU still the one seed? I think, but like. It's the, a, it's a the real problem. system is so dumb that like maybe not like maybe that garbage ass touchdown means something and and I think the committee actually does because we don't know what their discussions are yeah it's the public that I just want to just cause harm to that's true <laughs> and and obviously we both are very active on Twitter and it, and it works Twitter, both ways Ohio you're State always, gets some of these stupid arguments too against them. yeah you're always dealing with the most vocal of minorities well no so that's what I was gonna say though so not only. Do I hate it from the LSU perspective where you're having to like keep guys in when you should be taking them out to be healthy and just be safe? Uh, but Ohio State should be able to feel great about coming back down 21-7 and coming back against a team that's ranked eighth in the country and, and, and dominating them. that yes. second half. That was like as good of a football team as looked for 30 minutes that second half. Yeah. Yeah. And then you should feel great about that and beating that team for a second time Thank and you. winning the Big Ten and all this stuff. But like And the Penn State game's the other best example of like they were demolishing yeah. Penn State. Yeah. And then had two fluke fumbles and you only beat the number eight team in the country by two scores. Now people are like Are they are they flawed? Like, come on. See, and the, and and so that's where that's why I hate game control. That's why I don't think it's a good metric to use for playoff teams. I just don't. I I, I I would like to see a heavier weight on pure resume. Just on pure, not how did you beat them, purely who did you beat. I think it incentivizes better scheduling, and it, it takes subjectivity more out of it. It allows yeah. it to be just solved more objectively on the field. Yeah, I think my opinion, my first season really covering a team that's really in the midst of these discussions, I think... My opinion on this has changed because I I think the key and is, I'm with you I never and I never because known I just anything about it either because I always go back to I think there needs to be relativity in these discussions it can't just be resume it can't just be all so I think it has to be pieces of everything but yeah things like game control and all that they are kind of exhausting me a little bit it just felt a little too game control heavy this year or something or like maybe that was used a bit too much or at least publicly what they were saying publicly I felt like it was used a bit. Too much. Um, and the thing I want to get to, because the thing I kept forgetting to say when we're talking about the offense versus defense, and I think the story of this is, is this, <laughs> and I wrote about this Saturday night, is just, is this LSU offense in one form or another kind of unstoppable? Yeah. And I went to almost everyone I could find in the locker room who plays offense. I went to Joe Brady about it. He had a great answer when he, he kind of answered what you were saying. He's like, well, you look at it and we face like, Every time, like Auburn, Florida, Georgia, these are the best defenses in the country, we're told, and none of them run their own defense, Yeah, which means that they're game-planning this game, and they're the number one defense in the country, and they're saying, we don't trust our defense to stop this. That is the number one statement you can make. And it's just every week it's a different thing. It's like Florida's the first real test for this LSU offense. Put up 42 on them. Auburn's the first real, like the best defensive line test for this offense. They put up 450, like 20 some yards on him. You know, Auburn, I mean, Alabama, you know, if anyone could stop him, it's going to be Saban. You know, hopefully they had one. a great pass defense. Yeah. Right? I mean, Alabama yeah. has an elite, like, regardless of what you think about their defense as a whole, the pass defense is elite. And, like, and they got, they got yeah, like, Saban torched. couldn't figure it out. And then now this, like, it's just at a point where, like, every test, and granted, 
the two and three seeds in the playoff this year might be two, are two also the best defense. So maybe one of them will. But it's just like every week it's can anyone stop them? And every time they just dominate. We're at a point now where I just wonder how do you? And I also asked every player kind of playfully. It was fun to get answers of just like, all right, what would you try? Like, what yeah. would you try? How would you try to stop this defense, this offense? And- <laughs> I mean, I read uh, your article, and who was it that answered you just need a four-man rush? Uh, was that in yours? Because that, I mean, I think that's the eternal truth with any One of the One analyst did tell me. Yeah, no, yeah, one, I didn't quote anyone. But, yeah, one of the analysts told me, he's like, I think you, just, you have to do it with a four-man rush. That's it. I mean, look at how Brady was stopped with the incredible Patriots offenses and everything. But Auburn, just- Auburn had a legitimate three-man rush. They did, and it still didn't work. They did, but um, they, but but the three led them to being a bit too light in the box, right? And the, and that's where they stress you, right? Because if you're going to rush four, then you're going to have to go more man up on the outside. You can't just drop like eight into coverage. And what does that do? Is that makes you smaller in the secondary? That makes you able to, like it just seems like a football truth that like. Four down linemen, if they're just dominating, that they can maybe do well enough to stop both okay. the run and the pass. Uh, I don't know. Auburn went with three because they thought that committing four would make them, I think, two. And it does because, like, then how do you keep track of Marshall, Chase, Jefferson, Elair, Thad Moss? These are the mental pretzels that they are uh, putting you in. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody figures out a brand-new defense, but it's, it's, to me, the eternal football truth for stopping the most elite quarterbacks are simply, can you get consistent pressure with four? And the other thing about the Auburn game is the offensive line started kicking ass in the second half. Yeah. Like, just they just started winning those battles that they were losing early on, and, well, then, then you're dead in the water. Uh, just look at Georgia on that first touchdown. I had that moment, though, after the Alabama game. After I saw them go on the road in Tuscaloosa – and in the fourth quarter, when all the momentum was against them, go 75 yards in back-to-back drives, yep. I was like, okay, I will not take a defense over this offense for the rest of the year. Like, I'm not going to say that anyone will stop them because I really don't believe that they will. And that has played out in the yeah. I, I just it's, it's fascinating to think, like, this is the best offense statistically in SC history. And don't get me wrong, we've known all season this is an all-time great offense, but I think post-Georgia game was when it really started settling in, like, this might be a historically all-time legendary offense, which we knew, but it just feels more real to me now. Of like, oh, this is statistically the best in SEC history, and that I know people like non-SEC people are going to roll their eyes, but that carries even more weight because the SEC is where historically most of the best defenses are, and more specifically, defenses built to stop high-powered offenses are. You know that that type of athlete, that type of defensive scheme. So, like, to be one of the best offenses ever in an SEC schedule, it's like, oh, this might be all-time great and yeah. some of the Oklahoma ones are right there with it I'm not going as far as saying this is the best but this is the best I was surprised to read in one of your articles this morning that Oklahoma is actually first offensively in the S&P plus yes yeah, number one um and again but that, not, I guess not, the only reason I'm not gonna why use that as my only metric for it but no yeah. but the only reason why that's interesting is because yes their stats are gaudy but uh they're minus seven in the turnover department and I just thought that that alone I don't know how those numbers are calculated but I just thought that that alone would weigh heavily enough where it might, uh, where it might take away from 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 that rating. Yeah, I think the thing with them is they are so LSU's number one efficiency overall. Yeah, Oklahoma's number two. LSU, I believe, is number ten in explosiveness. So your Oklahoma's said, number yes. five. Okay. So it's like I think that's kind of the overall fundamental thing here. While I think LSU's played slightly better defenses, it might not be enough to catch that exactly. But yeah, I think they're pretty. I just feel like I've they're watched pretty games damn this year where Oklahoma's offense has been kind of oh, yeah, they're, stopped. I, they're more mistake 
thrown than LSU by far. I really, you know, like I've seen games where Hurts makes some just like silly errors. You really haven't seen that with LSU. No, I, I if you ask just my personal opinion, I think the offense I trust most in the country is LSU's. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's my number one. Um, I think Oklahoma's probably. I think I might even go Ohio State at two, and then I think I go Oklahoma. What about to- Clemson? You know, I'm actually going to just flat out say this now. I'm going to say this as strongly as I can. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I don't. I don't. I'm. If, if I ever give you a strong here. Clemson take, I might be kind of bullshitting you. Okay. Because you know, and it's true with everyone. They don't play anyone good. And they win it by 35. So a lot of people you don't can't judge. Yeah, you don't you watch can't. them close. Well, and no one's watching them that closely. Yeah. None of us are sitting down watching Clemson tape. It's boring. You're right. No, you're right because there's it's not. There's so not. I'd be lying to you now if they play him in the championship. Yeah, I'll go dive into that and try to give you the best opinion I can. Right now, I'd be lying to your face. So um, I thought I thought that was interesting that Oklahoma was one, but something you hit on Oklahoma being number five in explosiveness. A key difference as to why Oklahoma is much more threatening Absolutely. to LSU than was a number four Georgia. We spent a lot of last week talking about how Georgia is not particularly well-positioned to taking advantage of LSU's weaknesses, specifically highlighting the fact that the worst thing that LSU's defense does is give up explosive plays. Well, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Hurts, and company, they are perfectly positioned to exploiting that weakness. No, absolutely. That's, that's I think, what... Now, I think, overall, LSU deserves to be a 13-point favorite, all these things, so I'm qualifying everything I say by that. But... Well, Oklahoma's defense is garbage. And, right, so if you think that both... both uh... It's the best Oklahoma defense in... A long time. No doubt. No it's a doubt. Good defense. It, no I, doubt. No doubt. Uh, it's, I should say, but it's relative. It's the garbage. worst of the, the like of the four. And like all if that, you're yeah. going to hold up Oklahoma next to Alabama, Auburn, yeah. Florida, Georgia, Even LSU, yeah. they're not they're not matching up. Yeah, like they're going to get torched. It's tricky. If that's one though, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Just to be very clear, but like I agree with you. But just for our listeners, like I think that's one where I say throw out the numbers a bit, and I always I love the numbers, but that's one where I say throw it out because there are some moments against some good competition where I think that defense looks like. Good, you know, like the Texas game stands out. Moments of the Baylor game where I'm like, oh, this defense is just objectively good. And then there are other moments where you're like, wow, this is Big Twelve defense. This is a mess. So, and the problem is, while while I, while I see what you're saying, I am coming from the perspective of specifically matching them up with LSU's offense. Oh yeah, yeah. I was not, not disagreeing yeah, with you. I just kind of wanted that on yeah, the record. Give, give Oklahoma credit. Look, yeah. they, they are way better on that side of the ball. Than they have been, and it's why they won. Like without that defense, they don't beat Baylor. They don't. They don't win some of these other big games that they ended up winning. But it's just they're not going to stand a chance against LSU. Yeah, like it, the defense won't. And so then it becomes okay, who's a bit better position? And and even though LSU's defense will give up more this game, yes, um, they're still the stronger side of the ball. I mean, Jesus Christ, Derek Stingley Jr. Are you kidding me? And they're not even throwing at Christian Fulton. Despite nope. the fact that Derek Stingley Jr. is killing you, teams still refuse to attack Fulton, which tells you everything that you need to know. Yeah, yeah, because I did want to circle back to what you're overall were trying to get to about Oklahoma's offense against LSU's defense. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you that I actually think that LSU's secondary will be generally okay against the passing game. You know, relatively speaking, they're going to get key point here. Oklahoma's going to get theirs to some extent. Mm-hmm. They just will, but no it's a matter of who gets more stops. I like my, my like feeling is it's going to be like a 44-30 game. So that was I was going to say my same metric, I'll put the same metric on this game that I put on the Alabama game, which was simply um um sorry, I had to cough there for a second. Whichever, okay, if if either defense can hold the opponent under 30, that's a huge success. Like if you hold Oklahoma yeah, oh. to twenty eight, massive you success. Win. You, you hold win. LSU to twenty eight, massive success. You win if you hold them under thirty. That's a given. 
And yeah, so I think the the thing you got to watch is it's you know what did what did everyone likes to bring up the Ole Miss game and sometimes flawed in a flawed way. This one, bring it up, please. Like that's it's that's very relevant. This game, the, the only Hertz thing- is a scarier running Plumley and an obviously better passing Plumley. Yeah. Like he can do things that Plumley cannot. And Lincoln Riley's a better offensive coach than Rich Rodriguez. Like Oklahoma, the the things in the running and getting to the perimeter and putting those one on one tackling situations that LSU does struggle with. That's where I think you're going to see Oklahoma thrive. I'm not as worried about them beating him on downfield throws and whatnot. <coughs> I agree with you. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts, just look at the numbers, 3,600 passing yards, 32 touchdowns through the air, 1,200 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns on the ground. Unbelievable numbers there. That's nearly 5,000 total yards and 50 touchdowns. Um one thing I'm interested to see, and I don't want to make too many statements now because I haven't sat down and watched Oklahoma's games yet. Um, but again, with the Ole Miss game, one of the key things there, beyond them just like checking out and being 31 7 and everything else, that entire Ole Miss system is built on that counteraction where you're pulling two linemen and like yeah. everything's built off of that. I wonder how much of that kind of almost wing T-esque style is built into Oklahoma's, or is it more of a traditional kind of zone read type of offense, RPOs? Well, well, you know, They we'll, do everything, but no, no we'll their biggest thing is the counter stuff. That is where some of their best success comes from. Okay. And, like, that's kind of – Bruce Feldman had an amazing story this about, um, I think it was September, about, like, their GT concept, which I think, you know, is some, some similar counter concepts that, like, no one's been able to stop. And some I, I'd have to go back and read it, but some really interesting blocking stuff they're doing mm-hmm. that no one else is doing. And, like – Trust me, I think they are going to – that run game is going to get theirs, I think. The run it, game specifically? Yeah, LSU thrives against an interior, like, old-school run system. But yeah. those are the things that really get LSU. And to be fair, they get almost everybody. It's why Oklahoma's offense is so good. But I think that's where I think Dave Rand is going to have to really step up his game. And what's interesting is Dave Aranda is really starting to use this personnel in some yeah. in some new and exciting ways. Uh Grant Delbert and Jacoby Stevens are on the field constantly together now. That's just continued to evolve. One guy will be high one play, the next guy the next play. Sometimes they'll line up at middle linebacker. Like They're able to just use those two interchangeably. That helps a lot with confusing the offense. But it's been – they're running a ton of dime. And O even said it this morning on our show where – I guess the emergence of Cardell Flott maybe has has led to a lot of this. But you're seeing a ton of times where, even in this Georgia game, which is like a more pro-style attack, you have uh, Fulton, Stingley, uh, Vincent, Flott, and then Delpit and Stevens. And then you got your Kalevon, your your, uh, big guy in Shelvin, maybe like Lawrence Fajoko, and then... Or sometimes you're going three down linemen and then uh, the two linebackers. So you've been getting some some lighter looks, but they're just using guys. But I think that's very... what Aranda's won. Sorry, I cut you. Yes, off. no, no, you're right. Yeah, go, go, no, go on. No, I think that's what Aranda's won to do all year. And yeah. he said that in the summer. I mean, that's where you get the most out of Ellis. What does Ellis you have that very few teams have? These just ridiculous hybrid bodies like Delpin and yeah. Stevens and and even a Kate Levon is an example in my opinion of guys who can. Play positionless football. You can be a linebacker. You can be a corner. You can be a safety. Having Flot and Hampton, because he's the same thing, they probably interchange a bit, him and Vincent. Yep. Like, having those guys being able to to get on the field, that means you can get more creative with Delpit and Stevens, and you can allow them to be these interchangeable pieces so that you can now, first off, be better in pass coverage by a wide margin because you have those bodies, but two, not lose a ton in the run game because you have these linebacker-type bodies 
that are actually faster than a linebacker in the trenches sometimes, so now you're really not losing a ton in the run game. That's why LSU can be so dangerous when healthy. Yeah, Delpit's run support this last game, and Stevens for that matter, was uh, was spectacular. Yeah. Um, so I, I did enjoy watching the defensive side of the ball this week just in terms of it being a further evolution and solidification of the trends that we have seen uh, the last few games. Like, I love the pass rush formation with or the pass rush group with just the one D yeah. lineman and then everybody else is just like a giant amalgamated blob that just kind of moves around however uh, and Dave Aranda wants it to. <laughs> and it's really fun to actually look. It just kind of hit me now that, like, so what's that group? It's Chason, Brooks, yeah. Queen, Clark. Clark. Okay, so Clark doesn't quite fit as well, but Divinity did when it was still him. And what's fun about this is that all four of those guys play multiple positions. Yeah. Like Queen played started two games at outside linebacker last year. Oh, now I think Clark fits though because he's 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 a hand in the dirt pass rusher on this yeah. formation, but he was a middle linebacker. I guess linebacker, I meant even before this, I guess is more. Middle what I linebacker meant. by trade. No, he definitely fits for I just meant like literally we have seen Queen start games at inside and outside. Oh, okay, yeah. We have seen Brooks play he came in as a safety and is now an outside linebacker. Um who's the other one I'm forgetting? Uh, Chase on Chase on is like a D end outside linebacker, but he drops into coverage all the time. He's not doesn't quite fit as well. They've lined but, and him up the Divinity, in the middle as well. Before. Yeah, and the Divinity also literally started games at outside and inside before he left. So it's just that's what makes that cool. Is it's not just like oh they're fluid. It's like no, they have literally played both sides. Yeah, and and so as an offense, it comes real hard to parse through what you're going to see. Um, and it's and it's been very effective the last three games holding opponents of what was it two hundred. 50 yards a game. We got five picks in that span. Uh, so so what you need, it goes back to what we said after we'll miss. You just need against Oklahoma. The defense is not going to shut them down. You need them to just be good enough, and I think they are. And I think the 13-point spread would uh, would speak to that. Uh, the SEC coaches, all, um, all SEC team just came out. Um, okay, let's get into some all SEC teams. Or do you want to get into playoff talk? Actually, we just did. I'm an idiot. Well, yeah, I feel, yeah, we kind of touched on Oklahoma, because we're going to talk about Oklahoma more in depth, too, I'm guessing, next week. and Well, do you want to get into one of virtu- one, the Ohio State LSU thing? Uh, yes, we can absolutely do that. Let's do that right now. Who would you pick, number one? I know who you'd pick. Um, I would pick LSU, and I think it's just for a very simple reason. I talked about valuing resume, yeah. and I think it's really hard to argue with beating four of the top 13 teams. Uh, even if like even even not like beating them you know very badly, but just which some of them they did, but but beating four teams that are some of the thirteen best in the nation. I mean that's basically twenty five percent of like the top twelve teams. So I think I mean I don't know that's the to me that is the baseline reason. And then and then I don't know if you get into this. You won in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. That Georgia SEC championship is basically an away game. I mean, you're looking like an 80-20 split as far as crowd is concerned. Um, and then whatever. I know like you're not supposed to mention Texas, but going to Texas week two, I just thought I just thought they had a they had a stronger overall body of work. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that you've seen a lot of argument from the Ohio State side being like, this is like why would you change your opinion based on one game? I actually, I'm like team defend Ohio State. I think they might, gun to my head, I actually think they're better than LSU by a smidge. You know, like I'm not, but I think that argument's kind of silly <laughs> because what, like, no, it's not saying that this game, deci- it's not saying that you're ch- changing your opinion on this game. It's saying 
the the margin was probably pretty narrow. That's what I was say. It just means that the two teams are very close already, and what and then happened the in the final it. game was yeah. going to have a huge effect. They're arguing under the assumption that Ohio State like had one locked up, and then it changed it. No, it was probably pretty close, and it's it is difficult. But LSU ended the season dominantly. They ended the season looking like a complete borderline, you know, unstoppable team. Ohio State also ended the season fantastically. But then you're seeing them argue, well, like, you know, they, they play three straight of these tough games, which, by the way, that's true. I think that, that should be a benefit of the doubt when you look at what happened with Wisconsin. The fact that you're playing three straight, what, top 15 teams? Like, yeah, that is, that's real. That's impressive. That is fantastic. And, like, that should be factored in when you go down 14 nothing. That matters. But LSU also had stretches where they were playing, like, what, Florida, Mississippi State, Auburn, then Bama. Yeah, like, so I mean, it wasn't quite three straight, but that's that's but, brutal. But that's, but that's the other point there is just that, yeah, and and lo and behold, huh? LSU's LSU looked a bit more vulnerable when they played the best teams on their schedule. And so when Ohio <laughs> yeah. State plays the best teams on their schedule at the end, they look a bit more vulnerable. Funny how that works, right? So it's just it. it I, I don't know. Like, so what is Ohio State? Do they have five top twenty-five wins? They have five top twenty-five wins, and I'm actually realizing that the uh, and who who are those? They wins? do have four really high wins too. What? Who who? So who? Yeah, who are who are okay, Ohio so, State's wins? <laughs> it's not quite as convincing as LSU's, but okay. Number eight, Wisconsin. Number okay. ten, Penn State. Twice. Yeah, a good point. Number ten, um, Penn State. Number fourteen, Michigan. Number they played Iowa, right? Did they play Iowa? No, never mind. I don't think they. Did. I don't know. Let me look. Um, number twenty-one, Cincinnati. And I thought you had like an actual list of the wins. You're just looking. I'm at, looking at the top like, 25. With teams maybe. And number 18, Minnesota. Well, Cincinnati Minnesota. still be in the. Is this the new top? They are number 21. And yeah. uh, number 18, Minnesota is the other big one. Three lost Cincinnati sneaking in number 21. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no. So they have. Theirs are a little more convincing than people give them credit for, um, because you know, like Penn State, Michigan. And Wisconsin are all kind of in that same realm as Auburn, Florida, Alabama, and them. So it's not, I don't think it's as obvious as like LSU's wins were better. And people then point to Ohio State won those games more convincingly. I guess really when you get into that argument, you're really just debating in your personal opinion which of those opponents do you think is better. Because I do in my, maybe this is just SEC bias. I don't know. I'm actually a Big Ten grad, so I don't think you can use that against me. But I think Florida is better. I think Florida, Auburn, and Bama at their peaks when LSU played them were better than those Big Ten teams that Ohio State played. I, I just do. I do. I agree. Call and, me crazy. and the thing is, it looks like the committee does as well. And and that's why I Well, go, Wisconsin's 8 and Penn State's 10. They're both so Penn State's above both Auburn and Bama. Well, I guess I mean in terms of the and that'd be interesting. Who would you pick if Penn State and Bama played? It doesn't matter because LSU played them when it was Tua. You know what I mean? Okay. So just Right now though, uh Wow, that'd be a great game. Right now, post Tua, yeah, I guess it becomes a bit more interesting. It's probably I'd probably go Penn State by like a point. You know? With Tua. With Tua. Oh, I, Alabama. No doubt in my mind. I think with Tua, they're top four team. Yeah. I think the fourth best team in the country with Tua. Like, and so here's where we arrive at maybe uh, this this is where mm, it does get a little subjective, right? Because that means that Alabama is a top 12 win, but when you played them, like you said, if they have two of them, they're like a top four win. I just think, I whatever, I, I think that beating four, where else are you going to see beating four of the top 13? So so they, they had Wisconsin, Penn State, and then I guess Michigan is, is 14. So Yeah. You're splitting hairs. It's actually, that's what I was saying, it's actually really close. They yeah. both have four top 14 wins. But I just, in my personal opinion, 
think LSU's were better. Yeah, I think so. And um, also, like, it, again, and then the other, like, X factor is, and I don't think it should be used as, like, an argument for it, but, like, you do also add in that Texas game. You know, so it's just, like, I actually think theirs were more convincing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I hate that I hate that they can't use the Texas game, but the context of the Texas game going on the road in week two when they were a top ten and team. Also and also Texas eventually became the most themselves. beat up team in the country. Yeah. Like they were a little healthier then too. It's yeah. yeah, it is unfortunate that it can't be used, but hey, they got the number. It was one. close, but that's why it flipped on the last day. It is because it was close and because both resumes are very similar. So who do you think is actually better? That's a whole different discussion. Um, LSU is deserving to be the one seed in my opinion, but who's I'm better? I'm not taking I told you, I'm not taking anybody against Joe Burrow, who's going to stop him? And maybe it's Chase Young. Maybe Chase Young is the kryptonite to Burrow Superman, but I I don't I, I I don't see it. I don't know, man. I just I don't like I said, football when when you get through a lot of the the garbage, like okay, like do you believe that if when Ohio from a game planning standpoint, Ohio State and LSU, do you believe one team to be the clear uh clearly better coach team? Like, do you think that one team has a significant scheme advantage? Between Ohio State and LSU? Yeah. Okay, you got Ryan Digg and Joe Brady on one side and Steve Ensminger. Um, pretty even, yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, Jeff Halfley versus Dave Miranda. I think Halfley's been better this year, but grand scheme, Dave Miranda has way more credit in his you know pocket than, than Halfley does. So, yeah, pretty even. Talent-wise... What about what even. do you think about the two teams? Dead Pretty even, right? They'll dead probably even. have like NFL. They have both have NFL guys all over the field. Yeah, but dead even. Who's better between Joe Burrow and Justin Fields? Joe Burrow. And I think that's where my opinion boils down to. As sadly reductive as that is, it's a good opinion. That is that is how I arrived that I would take LSU over anybody. And it's not just. And it's and and, and and to Fields' credit, I suppose he has done this as well. Fields has been great. Uh, no, he's been great, obviously. Uh, but to me, and he this just comes from about. watching this LSU team so closely, it's not just what Joe Burrow has done. We said a lot this year. It's when he has done it. Like I said, Tuscaloosa, back-to-back 75-yard drives in the fourth quarter when all the momentum's against you. Yeah. Uh, a perfect game against Florida in an environment that was just like juice to the gills. And it was a literal perfect offensive performance. Uh an away game in the SEC championship against this Georgia defense that's supposed to be all world. And as we said, it was kind of Burrow just making plays, just putting the team on his back. It's, I mean, people are like, oh, that's his Heisman moment from Saturday. I'm like, what is that? His like 30th Heisman moment? Like, I mean, like, how many of these plays does he have to give you? I guess, sure, this this play when he's up 20 to 3, where he pulls an impressive scramble bomb is yeah. the Heisman moment. He's just, and, and he is a guy, as we said, he has a strong Taveran. The weave seems yeah. to, to to weave around him. He kind of bends reality to his will, and 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 those are the guys that sometimes go go on to win championships a lot of times. So yeah, I mean, I think that's that's why I would pick LSU over Ohio State right now. It's a good argument. I'm not sure I'm there yet. You know, I think I'm just really unsure who I'd pick, but I think it's a really good argument. So if you were to play devil's advocate, then if you were to pick Ohio State, what's the uh, what's the pathway for you to arrive there? Overall, I mean. It's I know like it's become an eye rolled discussion at LSU, but I also don't think anyone can really argue it. Ohio State does in general have a better defense than LSU. Yeah, no doubt. Like yeah, so I mean if I'm playing devil's advocate again, I don't know where I stand yet, but I think they do have a better defense. I think they're better in coverage for the most part. I think they're a more disciplined defense than LSU. I think that's the key thing. Well, I and they got to. Chase Young. I mean, and they you have Chase have, Young. Like Caleb's a beast. I was going to get that. Chase Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think well, the biggest thing is I think they're an overall more disciplined defense than LSU. 
Mm-hmm. You know, LSU has some very undisciplined moments, and I, I've written and liked about some explanations for it to defend them, but they are undisciplined sometimes at the end of the day. So I think that's probably what I'd point to. And, you know, I think LSU is also one of the most complete offenses in football, but Ohio State has an incredibly complete offense too yeah. with Fields and those receivers and that O-line and J.K. Dobbins, who, I mean, it's unreal. It's probably the best running back. He is the best running back in college football, him or Taylor probably. So, I mean, yeah, I think Ohio State's just a really complete football team. So... Yeah, I think that's probably would be the argument. Yeah, and that, and that, and that all makes sense. But you're uh, you're making a good one with the quarterback thing. Who 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 is better suited to stopping that opposing offense? All right. Fair argument to make for Ohio State. So I guess that's all the one v two talk, right? Though I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I, I just wanted to discuss it because we never really have. It's not obvious. I mean, I know that I tweeted like. <laughs> if LSU's not Twitter team one, the system is broken. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but but it is it's whatever it I, I think I think I have so much inherent bias in terms of even my respect for the SEC and where these teams rank and what this team accomplished that it's going to make it impossible for me to uh, view this thing from from a thousand feet no matter how hard I would I, I, I would try to it really is it is really fun for my uh, Ohio State fan cousin diehard Ohio State fan yeah. yelling at me saying uh, SEC bias and like you're an SEC homer and I'm like sir. I grew up in Big Ten country, <laughs> and I went to Indiana. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, the thing is, okay, this is this is how, if I wanted to defend my tweet, that the system was broken if, if LSU wasn't number one, per the parameters that the that the that the playoff committee laid out, like what they needed to see from LSU and what they did yeah. down the stretch, like they, it would seem to line up with putting the number one. But as Barry said, that's it's a good all, point. We we kind of just glossed over it. It might just be that simple. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, they were they, looking for something. They saw it. Yes, yeah. they said they needed to see better defense, and the defense yeah. was not just good. They were great down the stretch, and the offense remained. And and a lot of it just goes back to the respect they gave Georgia. If you spend all year building up Georgia this much, and then you handle Georgia in that way, like that's a massive massive win like Georgia was built up I felt like more than a Penn State or more than yeah. any of these other schools yeah um you want to quickly just we don't have to say much about it but just quickly jump in the all SEC stuff yeah what time do you have to go how much time do you have I mean I have three minutes but I also warned the guy like hey I'm gonna be like a few minutes late so we're okay fine. We're fine. okay um I had other plans guys I yeah, know, I have another podcast to jump yeah. on. Yeah, well, we got distracted with our Watchmen talk before. Well, so enjoy- I had to talk. Well, they'll enjoy this. I'm hopping on podcast to talk to the Bengals beat reporter about Joe Burrow. Ah, Paul Denner of the Athletic. Yeah. Ah, Burrow time. Um, and also, I'm pretty sure the Ohio, like both Ohio sites, are doing like a joint, like big podcast series on not big, but a podcast series on Burrow because there's all the Ohio ness there. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, all SEC just came out. Kyle Pitts' first team tight end. Looks like no Thad Moss again. Mm. People don't like that, but I mean Kyle Pitts deserved to be the first one. Um, no second team for Thad Moss though. No, I don't think he wasn't either. He wasn't AP either. No, he wasn't. That's what I'm saying. Um, okay, sorry. I mean, you know, it's 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 weird Lloyd because Christian I'm not watching other teams' tight ends, so I don't know. I remember Pitts playing great against LSU. Yeah, Thad Moss by LSU standards has been unreal because LSU tight ends are traditionally don't do anything. And so him setting the catch record. But really, I mean, to me, I've said all year, my most favorite part about Thad Moss has been his blocking, specifically his run blocking, has been fantastic. He is violent uh, at the point of attack. But 
I don't know tight ends around the SEC well enough to say if he got cheated or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like I think he's one of the three best, but I don't know. There might be another one better. Um, oh, Jacoby Stevens did make second team for the coaches team. Um, coaches all that was that was a surprise one to me because he has the numbers. He won SEC defensive player well, I'm of the week. AP didn't even make the team. Period. Yeah, that's, that and that's yeah. what was surprising. Yeah, me. yeah. Is because and I know like so many LSU players made it. It's kind of like a like, well, where do we draw the line? And it just gets to like, are people really watching? Yeah. It, I really just like. Jacoby Stevens has been better than Grant Elpit. Grant Elpit would probably tell you that. I think Grant Elpit has a potential to be one of the best players in the NFL. I think he is a star. He has not been that good this year. Yeah. He would he he says that all the time. Jacoby Stevens' stats this year are actually not that far off from Delpit's last no, year. No, they're, they're like almost exactly like them. If yeah. you would throw two more picks in there, it would literally be like the exact yeah. like five five sack interception breakdown Delpit has. So it's just kind of silly. And also, and then, well, to me, it's like Jacoby Stevens won SEC Defensive Player of the Week three times. There's 12 games, Brody. Ooh, we have another new flaw here, though. Does my math check out? Is that 25% of the time he won? How many was it? Four or three? He won three out of 12. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the regular season, it's 25%. Yeah, yeah. 25% Christian of Fulton the did time. Not make team either team. Oh, my God. See, this is what I was concerned about. I was shocked he made the AP, but that's some, that is some BS, dude. More than so they anybody. just go four DB spots in the coaches, and it's J.R. Reed in the first team, Grant Delpit on the first team, which, you know, you lose some respect right there. And then again, coaches also know. I think coaches also get that he's been hurt, things like that. McKin- um, Xavier McKinney, Alabama. Yeah, see- but these same coaches assholes are the same ones that are, don't throw at Christian Fulton I know. on purpose. I know. Uh, Xavier McKinney, Alabama, C.J. Henderson, Florida. By the way. Reed, McKinney, and Henderson, all pretty deserving. They're all pretty great. Uh, no. But the Christian, second team is Stingley, Trevon Diggs, Alabama, Nigel Warrior, Tennessee, Jacoby Stevens, LSU. This sounds no crazy. Pretty silly. This sounds crazy. And I'm not sure if I believe it, what I'm about to say. But I'm just going to say it. Do it, buddy. I would almost be tempted to put Fulton over Stingley. I, I don't think you can. I. I and actually, I get that you can't because the numbers. And yeah, I, I just you, you'll never no, we be agree able to sell this. that yeah. to the public. I think Fulton has been like the more impressive corner this season, and just like a, just coverage. But yeah, why I th- did Georgia throw sixteen times at Stingley and yeah. only throw like and and look and I hate this now because it sounds like I'm taking away from one of the yeah. best performances I've ever seen. Stingley was unreal on the SEC championship and has been all year. Yeah, you just yeah you can't because of the the way that Stingley has changed games like who changed the chemistry of yeah. games with some of those picks and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and the pass breakups. He's the best freshman I've ever seen in my entire life. He could start in the NFL right now. Like I believe all of this. But still, that guy is that good, and yet they don't ignore him. They still attack him, yeah. and it's because the guy on the other side, it's just like, don't even start. Don't I even start the conversation. And I haven't looked at him about five weeks, so I can't throw any number out there, but I mean, I'm pretty sure Fulton's like completion opponent completion percentage numbers might even be better. So like, even when they do attack him, he's still better. And yeah, it's not a diss on Stingley. It's just kind of like I mean, I would put Fulton and Stingley on these teams because I think they both. Well, so the but... athletic, for what it's worth, this might be a better place to even have the discussion. Is we're putting together our athletic All American teams. Yeah, and you know, I had to make my case for some people and whatnot, and it's actually kind of fun because he also thrown out some other teams. Like I'm like, hey guys, Derek Brown, everything. Um, which, by the way. I'm not allowed to announce my Heisman ballot, but I'm just going to go ahead and say I have two defensive players in my Heisman ballot. Oh, we get it. We get it. I'm going to make it not an <laughs> offensive award. I'm going to make it not a, Yeah, we get it. You're going against No, see, if any, no, just, actually, no, 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 I know you're making fun of me, but I actually almost didn't want to do it because you of the contrary. It, it would be like, come on, don't be like a Heisman <laughs> hipster. But I, I spent like hours just sitting on my computer being like, I just can't talk myself to fields. No way. Hertz has looked like 
flawed in big moments to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Derek Brown, like, Auburn is as highly ranked as they are because of Derek Brown. Yeah, again, I'm not, I can't like, say what my ballot like is. Solely because <laughs> you can of You kind Derek of put Brown. the pieces together. But, I mean, let's put it this way. It was between... I, my decision kind of came down to Dobbins and a defensive player, and I just really struggled. Like it's just, I really think it, it should go to the three best players, and I and li- like listen, if it was a tie, I would go to the offensive player. I just really couldn't talk myself into any of them. The problem, the problem, Jonathan is, Taylor got consideration. The problem is um, with with the Heisman. It goes back to what we talked about with just the nature of football earlier. It, with any award, quarterbacks are going to have a massive advantage because they affect the game more so than yes. anybody else. And I get and it. now, why are these defensive linemen right next in line are the only defensive guys that are getting credit? Because what position do they affect? Because they affect the quarterback. So they take points off the board and result in additional wins and losses. So it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. It's the nature of the beast. you got to give yourself over to it. But, uh, yes, when I was making my suggestions to my editor about what I said, hey, I think Fulton and Stingley might be two of the, like, four best corners in the country, period. And I really believe that. So, like, I think both should make these teams. I'm like, Stingley has more picks, but I just think no one throws at Fulton anymore, and I actually think, you know, he might be number one. And I also made sure to literally say, do not put Grant Delpit on this team. Oh, wow. Just because it had on him, Brody. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just think, like, if you want to be accurate with this, and I know he's probably going to make it, but like I'm like, hey guys, and I'm not, I didn't even no, fight. Right. And I didn't even fight hard for Stevens because this is all American. Like he's probably not one of the four best safeties in the country. No, yeah, yeah. But I said I like agree. I said, if anything, look at Stevens. Here's his numbers, all that. But I probably wouldn't like fight strongly for either. All SEC, yes, not all American. I mean, you're not wrong. You're I, not wrong. I, I advocated you're for it, you're keeping it real. I will say that you are absolutely keeping it real with Delta and saying that. And a lot of people may not want to hear it, but it is. What I, it is. I advocated for Caleb on Chason. I doubt he makes it because people will look at sack numbers, and there's also get a great second half of the year in all yeah. regards. And it's one of those things that to pick him, you'd have to watch closely. And just in fairness to people, not everyone does. That's hard. It's hard to watch every game closely and be like, yeah. you see that outside linebackers run fits. Like, no, it's just that's a lot to ask. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he'll make it. I fought hard for Tyler Shelvin. I really did. I think I still believe he might be the most important player on this defense this season. Um, I think he's been. The second, first, second, or third best. It depends yeah. really where you put Stingley or Fulton and all those guys. He's he's finally fulfilled all that number one player in the state potential. <laughs> yeah, like for real, no like real talk. Like he's he's been great. Him and Georgia Ica. was also one of his best games too. But he's been great all year. Ike has been surprisingly really good here late he's in really the uh, late in the process. I like, think I, I'm going to write about the defensive line this week. Maybe nice. for tomorrow. I haven't fully decided. What well, a what a huge signing day flip getting Apu Ike was. Yeah, that was a juicy recruitment too. Uh, from what I understand, really? Yeah, like but yeah, I, like a strong. Offer? No, I just think there was some no. little drama, a little drama yeah, behind just the scenes. The, yeah, some of the Florida thing and LSU. I think it was a nice little battle going on. Bill Bush, work out. Yeah, Bill Bush, man. He's oh, he's won some big. Mormons battles. love Bush. Mormons. This is known, dude. <laughs> That's the story. Why, why in the athletic? Why Mormons love Bill Bush? But yeah, basically my argument was I think Shelvin and Brown are the two best interior defensive linemen in the country. Yeah, I don't think I can argue. Or at least the, I, said, I said the SEC. Who else? I'm not going to go as far as saying country. Anybody else do you think is bears mentioning or interesting from your All-American suggestions? Well, I suggested Lewis and Cushenberry. I didn't, okay. fight, I didn't fight hard for either because it's just really hard to make an actual. I don't think Cush is ever like they're – well, O-line too. Speaking of who watches that, I, what. Yeah, like, I just never argue. Nobody watches I'm not going to argue super strong because um, I just don't know. Cush, Cush too is not the most physically dominant player. Just doesn't, knows exactly but, what to do. yes, incredible leader. Makes all the right calls and and he's and he's good like he's very good physically but yeah he's not just like a 
Like a, like, like a monster of a guy. Yeah, I, I basically said, hey, I know Snyder's hard to figure out, so look at Lloyd Cushenberry. <laughs> yeah. uh, I fought, I said Najee Harris should get looked at. Yep. Um, just think, I mainly just wanted to argue for people that I saw in person. So I said Jonathan Grenard, even though we only saw a quarter of him, I think he's one of the best in the country. Did you go Devonta Chase Smith. and Jefferson? I only fought hard for Chase. I think it's, you, I don't think, <sighs> dude, think about this receiver year. Yeah, I guess you're right. You, I just don't I think because right. what I how don't many know. Receivers make. I team? don't know how many we're putting. I assume it's four, but it say might be four. six. It might be six. Over well, let's the say, you say four though. Yeah, he's. Not, I mean, Justin Jefferson's not one of the four best. Yeah, Chase and it's Chase and Lamb are number one and two, whatever order you want to say. I don't care which. Then uh, Pittman's probably three. And then you got so many good ones. You got the Liberty guy. You got Arkansas State's Omar Bayless. You got. Uh, I mean Jefferson's up there. Oh, Alabama's guys. Yeah, Judy should be up there. Yeah. Devonta Smith is actually my number one on Bama this year. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, definitely torched LSU. I I, I argued for Smith for All American. Yeah, All Mar- right. I argued for Marlon Davidson a little bit. And then what about? That's probably it, actually. Yeah, I mean that was all my LSU candidates. Tory Carter. I did not put Tory Carter on God there. Damn. God, that was a really bad targeting, man. Can't do that. Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, that's some like. I saw like one person try to complain, like, man, this is the problem with the rules that like, he's literally gonna miss a full game. And I'm like, I've never seen a targeting that deserved that more. Yeah. <laughs> that was all time bad. It was And hey, that's Tory Carter's brand. It was, I guess you gotta it be was who you are. Badass too, a little bit. Yeah, in the nineteen seventies I'd be making I posters know, out of it. I know, but... I know, I know. It's just like that dude was like out. Like it was like, whispering he, as like, if like, no I one's feel, gonna hear you. I feel like I'm supposed to be like I feel like I'm supposed to be horrified by it, and I'm supposed to be like, "Yeah, I feel, I, I agree. It's really, it's just." Oh no yeah, part, I'm not like I'm not here to write a, day, but, but I'm not here like, to write a column on the issue with there's it. There's still a part of me that just I'm like, "God damn, yeah. that's a badass hit, dude." Yeah. Like, I mean, the dude saw it coming. He didn't like blindside him. He saw it coming. He just wasn't. He wasn't ready for the free trade. He wanted to end a man, yeah. <laughs> he did wake up pissed off. That's what he tweeted before. <laughs> he tweets the, before uh, every game. I know. But I know. yeah, people finding that for that was actually pretty damn good. It's definitely his brand. Um to know Tory Carter, all American, bit disappointed in you, Brody. And I think that's it. Yeah. Well, oh believe it or not, Joe Burrow was my quarterback. Yeah. Goes without saying. PFF player of the year. Was he? I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah put yeah. that in your analytic pipe, Brody. Do you think he'll be the number one pick? Yes. Bengals need a quarterback. He's if on. the Giants have the number one pick, you go Chase Young. Okay, Chase Young is the best player. I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry, Joe Burrow. No, people say that, but 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 here's the deal. But if a quarter, if the best quarterback yeah. always has a higher ceiling, yes, than the it's best a value player. thing. It's yes. just a value thing. Yes, but it's also the same argument for why you should never pick a running back over a linebacker. Like, yeah, that's not linebacker. You're dumb if you do that. Yeah, you just are. <laughs> which and, which the Giants did. <laughs> They yeah. chose Saquon Barkley over. Oh, who was the guy they should have picked? I can't remember. Um, all I know is that they chose Daniel, Bradley Chubb. I think Daniel Jones last. Year. I think that was the Bradley Chubb one. Like if you pick Daniel Jones and then you have first overall pick, are you not feeling a little bit like, damn, should we have like waited a year? Well, the better one is the Redskins because they were in contention for first overall too. Yeah, the Redskins, from what I've heard, would have taken a quarterback. I think they were like already like Haskins is just not going to work at least not for a while. Wow. So I like I think they actually the Giants I think like Daniel Jones. No, they do. I think they do. And you know what? I, I shouldn't be too unfair to Danny. He's put in a bad spot. He's, he's a young rookie. Player. Yeah, he's playing well. He's like, a rookie. Do he's I think he's going right. to be Tom Brady? No, but 
Well, we well Joe Burrow's gonna be better than Tom Brady though. That's the point, Brody. <laughs> I know people are a lot of people are saying like, oh, I feel bad for Burrow. He's going to a terrible situation. I don't know. Maybe I'm like being really naive here, but I, and I'm a I'm flaw. I'm I'm just to be clear, I am actually a Bengals fan. Just for our listeners, like, or at least I was raised a Bengals fan. I'm kind of indifferent now, but. I do have to clarify this statement, but I don't know if it's that bad a situation. I, like, <laughs> Zach Taylor. I think Zach Taylor's a good coach. coach. You hear good things about him. Uh, the O-line's about to get Jonah Williams back. Remember, he was their top 10 pick, and he missed the whole season. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, they got some players on that O-line. Um, I mean, Nobody loves making playoffs more than the Bengals. <laughs> I mean, they got some de- interesting receivers like Taj Boyd, and it, I don't think it's a given that A.J. Green's gone. Uh, I mean, if you have A.J. Green and you're a rookie quarterback, that's fun. It's great. Um, and the defense has some players. Like I don't know. I just don't think it's like a wow. You're a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd rather be there than the Redskins. I mean, but that starts at the top. Redskins <laughs> ownership and leadership well, is complete and utter garbage. Actually, I just argued against Bengals have historically the worst owner in professional sports. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Different kind of bad, but yeah. Turns out. Uh, there's probably a reason why both these teams are in contention for the top overall it's true. pick. true. There's a reason like the Warriors and the, the Clippers no, are good, yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. Anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? I know you got to go. No, I think we're, we're good. good. We've we're already good, gone over. Um, everybody have a great day. Uh, remember to subscribe to The Athletic. they got a bunch of great holiday sign-up deals going on. You can gift it to your friends. I think you can get like a T-shirt or something. If you give somebody yeah. a subscription, did I make that up? Yeah, I think there's a thing where you get a t-shirt. Um, which I'm still waiting on my Thanks t-shirt. Knowing this better than I do, Brody. And uh, buy your Christmas meats from A Bear Specialty Meats in Jefferson or in Prairieville. And um, what else was I going to say? Watch uh, the Watchman. Yeah, yeah. Like for real, man. If you are, I would actually okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a real nerd about it, and I'm gonna ask you if you're gonna watch the Watchman. And you've never read the comic book. I'm going to ask you to go pick up the comic book and read it first. Um, I'm even I, okay with saying just watch the Snyder movie because uh, yeah. I think that gets the fundamentals down enough. It gets the you're fundamentals. not the ending's different, which will be confusing. It gets the fundamentals, but I, oh, I mean, I'll always say read it. But and I like I I, I actually, who am I kidding? I actually love Zack Snyder. I mean, me and you have never talked about Zack Snyder. You would probably find my Zack Snyder takes to be I like a few and I hate a lot. Yeah, what about Sucker Punch? You does some cool stuff. Sucker Punch. I don't have any take on Sucker Punch. I don't know if awesome. I don't know if I've seen it. It's awesome. Um, but either way, uh, I yeah, you could you could watch you could actually watch maybe get the base down. That's actually my favorite. I, I, but like, just treat yourself to the book. This is a book that was on Times hundred best novels of the twentieth century. Like, this is not just like your average run of the mill comic. If you've never read Alan Moore before, he is an unreal writer. Uh, now he has a lot of opinions that you may or may not agree with in everyday life, but he is a very good artist. Um, so I would say read the comic book if you want the full Watchmen experience. You'll still love the show if you watch it in a vacuum, yeah. but I, but you get a lot more out of it if you have that that history to draw from. I find absolutely no, I think you nailed it. And um and it's one of the most satisfying intellectual shows that I've watched in forever, which is funny. Like I I last night when I finished that penultimate episode, I sat there and. My brain was spinning. I normally listen to a book on tape when I'm going to sleep, and I shut it off because I just wanted to run through Watchmen scenarios in my head. And well, I have a lot of disappointed Monday mornings where I'll text you, being like, "Man, like what you think?" And you didn't watch it yet. Yeah, because it's my favorite show to discuss in a while. And I know. I, I've always been running a bit behind. Like last night, I did two hours straight. Okay, uh, we gotta go because I got one more question for yeah. you off air about Watchmen. All right, y'all have a great day, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>